When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Ben Bolin. I'm a video writer here at HowStuffWorks.com, and I'm hanging out with our very own auto editor. I'm Scott Benjamin. I'm the, uh, well, you just said it. I'm the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. I kind of stole your thunder. You know what? I, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention, I guess. <laughs> I was shuffling through my notes, mm-hmm. and we we have a lot of notes on this one. Yeah, we do. This is uh, this is kind of a complex uh, topic, but yeah. I'll try to cut through it a little bit and just uh, we'll mm-hmm. we'll keep it simple. We'll keep it on the uh, on the basic level for this. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this will be an everyman's guide, a layman's guide. Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to address. Are you ready, Scott? I'm ready. Helicopters. Excellent. I, you know what? I was a little bit um, intimidated by this topic, mm-hmm. just because the more you look into it, the more the science, the more history. There's so much behind what we know today as a helicopter. You mean you're not a helicopter pilot? You've never piloted a helicopter? Look, just because my nickname is Doctor Helicopter doesn't mean that I, <laughs> you know, I think that's. I'm not going to ask assumptions. about that one bit. I'm, I, I really am not. No. Um, Helicopters are pretty cool. They're, I mean, I, I really, I've liked helicopters for a long time. I've never, ever been in a helicopter, and I don't know if that's, you know, because I'm afraid of it or what. Mm. I think I am. I think mm. I'm a little afraid of them. Really? Yeah, because I, there have been in, in towns, you know, in, in cities. Let's say you go to, um, let's say you go to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. There are helicopter tours you can take of, of not only the strip, but you can head over to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, do the, you know, the sunlight, or rather the, uh, the sunset. Tour. Yes, um, you can look at the strip at night, you know, from a helicopter. I, I, I don't know. I, I've just kind of always backed down from the idea of ever doing that because I think I'm a little bit afraid of them. Well, there's one thing w- we can gladly admit: mm-hmm. um, helicopters in the air they don't look natural. They're, they're, it's true. It's true. <laughs> if I was if I was somewhere and I saw, you know, if I was from the Middle Ages or something, mm-hmm. and I saw an airplane, yes, I'd freak out. Mm-hmm. But if I saw a helicopter, it'd be even crazier. And that's because helicopters can do something that, you know, only even very few animals can do, like uh, hummingbirds, right, mm-hmm. are one of the few animals that can fly backwards and that can hover. Yep. And a helicopter can do those things. A plane cannot. And, I mean, honestly, as somebody's been in a helicopter... 
I I love flying, Scott. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a fan of hovering. How how uh, many times have you been in a helicopter? Uh, three times. Three times, yep. really? Very good. Well, um, a, tourist trip type stuff, or should yeah, I ask? Yeah, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, not nothing like a, nothing top secret. Not like, no. a, not like a med flight to the hospital or something. Oh, no, no, no. All um, lighthearted helicopter trips. Oh, good. Okay. So. Very good. I um, I, You know, I, I say that I'm afraid of, afraid to go in them, but I think it's just, you know, Getting over that first first fear of getting in and actually feeling what it's like. Yeah. Um, early when I was really young, my dad had a friend that was a um, um, he worked in television. My dad or my dad works in television, still uh-huh. does. And um, he he had a friend that was a he was in a helicopter. He's either a helicopter pilot. I was really young, okay. helicopter pilot, or he was a, uh, a reporter in a helicopter, and it went down. Oh, and no. I it sticks out in my head so vividly. About this helicopter crash and his friend, his friend's name was uh, it was Kermit. His friend's name was Kermit, um, and this was back in Peoria, Illinois, a long, long time ago. And um, I don't just ever since then I've, I've had this kind of irrational fear of them because from what I read, you know, this is odd, odd but we'll we'll get into this at yeah. the end. But there's there's a a way that if if a helicopter engine stops operating, there's a way for the helicopter to land safely. And I thought that I thought. You're done. I thought you know right. there's no coasting like you can in a plane, but uh, quite the contrary. It's uh, mm-hmm. there's a way to set it down, and uh, you know, like I said, we'll get into that towards the end, sure. the safety part of it. But it's actually a relatively safe vehicle mm-hmm. to travel in. Oh, I just remembered the only other animal that can impersonate a helicopter, <laughs> the dragonfly. Oh, fantastic! Good because they can also hover. Yeah, very good. Do you want to get into the history? I have a wiener dog that uh, cannot hover. You have a oh man? No, dachshund cannot hover. Cannot hover. No, dachshunds cannot hover. I was very disappointed. Uh, last dog I had was a German Shepherd. I was very yeah. disappointed. With also his, cannot hover. His right. lack of hovering. Yeah. He was yeah. good at the launch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> not so good at backing up either. It, not it, not a breed known for their aerodynamic <laughs> design. So anyway, let's let's yeah. get into this helicopter discussion here now that we've talked for 20 minutes about uh, other stuff, but um, yeah. related stuff. Anyways. Related stuff. So get this. What's that? Helicopter design. Mm-hmm. Guess who it goes back to? I'll bet you can guess. I will bet it is the great Kaiser Sose of our podcast, Leonardo da Vinci. Absolutely correct. And the design is uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of the 1480s. So mm. the design of the, the helicopter goes all the way back to the 1480s. And again, it's just now there's some speculation if he ever, ever actually built any of these models, working models. Right, or if he just drew them. Exactly. But um, the idea was that uh, the designs that he had, the, the entire vehicle spun with the, uh, with the, um, the mm-hmm. screw shape. It's, it, well, actually, the design was called the aerial screw design. Mm-hmm. And uh, the principle it worked on was the, the screw keeps it, you know, gives it vertical capability. Yeah. And um, the entire the entire vehicle spun with the bl- what would be the blades, I guess, in a modern helicopter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you don't want that because you would be violently ill quickly, I would think. Right. And, yeah. And I can throw in another one here mm-hmm. that goes back even further but is not is not near the same as that machine. Oh, cool. Just the there was a toy in China, the Chinese top. And um, I think you recognize this. It's basically just feathers at the end of a stick, and you spin it between your hands. Mm-hmm. And then when you release it, it, it flies up just for a little bit. Yeah. So I've, it's just that vertical flight. I've seen wooden versions of that. I've, I've had yeah. wooden versions of that. You pick them up at, um, you know, these little towns that are uh, mm-hmm. touristy type towns. Right. Uh, kids' toys that usually they've made them in some wood shop there mm-hmm. for, you know, they're on for sale for a dollar or two each. Um, Guess, great, great fun inside. 
Guess when the first one of those dates back to? I, I have no idea. You said it. You said it predates. Yes. I have no idea. We're going. We're going way back here. Really? Yes, sir. Oh, tell 400 me. BC. No way. Yes, way. Four hundred BC. Yeah. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. That's but but still, I think we should give are, uh, Da Vinci the award for the first helicopter because his was a machine that someone could sit inside. Correct. But that you're talking that toy was nineteen hundred years earlier. I don't think they. Uh, you know, and this is when archaeologists find the first trace of that toy. Wow. I don't think that means. Anybody said, hey, you know what? We should hop in one of these. <laughs> that's right. That's a pretty radical idea to be able to get inside a vehicle that, that's going to actually lift off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it took a while to get there. It did take a while to get there. I'll tell you exactly how long it took to get there. Tell me exactly how long. <laughs> it, and um, let me see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to 1907. 1907. 1907. All right. So 1907, uh, a Frenchman. His name was Paul Cornu, C-O-R-N-U. And um, he had a 20-second, 30-centimeter-high flight. So the, the, the flight lasted 20 seconds, 30 centimeters high mm-hmm. is all he went, but the vehicle did lift off vertically. And that counts. And, and that counts, and that's, uh, that's really um, that's really the first test of a helicopter from what, I, I mean, the, what we would consider a, uh, a somewhat modern helicopter. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't until, I think it was 1924, that another French, Frenchman uh, flew in a helicopter he flew a distance, though. He flew one kilometer, but it took him seven minutes and 40 seconds. Um, so the French were working on these mm-hmm. um, these the helicopters, apparently very early. Um, and so what really kind of brought this about was the World War II, the end of World War... I'm sorry, end of World War I. Um, in between the, you know, the 1907-1924 episode here, um, the advancements came after the war, near the end of the war, mm-hmm. with the idea that they could be used for... Um, Reconnaissance. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's, that's primarily what they're used for. Um, you know, from that point forward, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were different you know, variations of this. In 1936, there was a German, um, a German helicopter, which is probably the first practical helicopter that, that they've come up with. Um, there was also something called an autogyro, which uh, apparently could not hover, but it mm-hmm. could, um, it, it couldn't, it could not descend vertically either. So it had kind of airplane characteristics, but it also had. Uh, a bit more lift, a bit more vertical than than a than a airplane would, but not not exactly straight up and straight down like a helicopter we think of does. Now, are those the ones where if you were looking at them from overhead, they would appear to be roughly built like an airplane, but with uh, circular rotors inside the wings? I believe that's the one. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's yeah. I yeah, think that I know gives, what you're talking yeah, about. and that gives it the ability to, uh, like I said, just take off with a little mm-hmm. bit less. Uh, less runway than what was yeah. necessary for a, a standard plane at the time, mm-hmm. um, because really what you know plane is all about is getting air to flow across those wings to create lift. Right. Um, with a with a helicopter, what you've got is the 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 wing is uh, the blades are taking the place of the wing, and mm-hmm. you're forcing air across those, and you're able to uh, to adjust it that way, and it's really going straight up, straight down. Mm-hmm. No need for wheels; it's just the skids. You know, again, you don't have to worry about rolling in these things. Yeah. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. 
And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And then when when we see the evolution of the helicopter... Now, because, you know, between World War One, the or, I'm sorry, the interwar period mm-hmm. to modern times, obviously, there have been some pretty smart people doing some pretty smart things. Yeah, that's right. And they're pretty advanced now. I mean, I've, I mean, I, I, I like watching helicopters. I like seeing them because they're just, they're pretty fascinating, really. Yeah. There's a, there's a small helicopter near where I live um, here in Georgia, lands on top of an optometrist building. Um, out in the city that I live in, really, and uh, yeah, the 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 wires around there, the telephone wires, all have the big orange, uh, you know, the the balls that they attach to those, so that they can see the the wires. They're all around there, and occasionally you'll see the helicopter on top of the building. I don't know if he just uses it to get to and from work or what, but mm. um, so they're in the hands of private individuals now as well. Yeah, and they have been for a long time. It's not anything new, and they're companies that make. You know, one-seat helicopters that you know you can build on your own. Yeah, build your own. I, I I love watching those videos of those that you know the the guy brings it in and he can balance it on top of a fence post or something like yeah, that. Those are yeah. really cool. But I don't know if I would want to build my own helicopter. Really, I, I just are have you a, a little skepticism about um, you know getting in something and then taking it up to I don't know a thousand feet. Um, just my okay. own my own thing. My own. Yeah, worry. I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I I really agree with you. Once you get to a thousand feet, I think I could build one, and then around, honestly, around about a hundred feet, yeah, I would start thinking, all so, right, to land this. So thing. let me get this straight: you're okay with falling a hundred feet? Yeah. Okay. That's just, I, I mean, to me, a hundred feet, a thousand feet. I guess it's all the same at that point. Well, I, I think I could survive. Sure. 
Tricky. I yeah. wish you guys could see Scott's face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Dis- is not a Ben will survive face. Dis- that's disbelief. But uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Anyways, there's a, there's a lot to yeah. flying helicopters. And uh, oh yeah, do you, do you know anything about the controls, or do you- I know that like a motorcycle, a helicopter requires all four of your limbs Correct. for operation. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a handful to fly a helicopter. That's for sure. And that's why um, even <laughs> this is a, maybe a bad comparison. I don't know, but even remote control helicopters. Yes, uh, you have to train to fly remote control helicopters because otherwise you'll destroy your your investment quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can't just pick it up and, and get it or understand it right away. Flying a real helicopter, obviously much more complex, and also I mean just very difficult to do. I mean you, there's your hands are moving, mm-hmm. your feet are moving at all times. There's a lot to it. Um, there, there's um, your hand controls are the cyclic control, which uh, which controls your your lateral direction, which is the forward, backward, left, and right. Okay. There's a collective uh, control, which is really just up and down and engine speed. And um, then there's also the feet. Your feet are on pedals that control the tail rotor, and the tail rotor is a very critical part of, of every helicopter. Really, um, the tail rotor controls the torque that comes from the main rotor. Which prevents your helicopter from spinning. Correct. Like Leonardo's original auto or original gyroscope idea. Exactly. So that it doesn't uh, it doesn't just wildly spin out of control as soon as you lift off the ground. Um, the tail rotor counteracts whatever the rotor is going to do to you. So let's say that you know the you lift off and it starts to uh, starts to kind of pivot around one way or the other on that axis of the, the main rotor. Um, the, the the tail rotor, which you control with your feet, again remember. Um, you're able to balance that out so that it, it remains steady, or you're able to you know swing it around and you can you can pivot however mm-hmm. you like. Uh, helicopters are extremely versatile. They're they're really flexible in the way they can move. They, they can move up, down, left, right. Uh, they can hover. They, they can go, go back. Like we said, they can go yeah. backwards. Um, airplanes can't do that, so yeah. uh, gives them advantage. So and hovercrafts. I mean, not hovercrafts. Excuse me. Helicopters, as a result, can fly almost anywhere. Yeah, that's right. They're uh, it, you know other than well. I, I guess if you think of it this way, I mean, you can't fly an airplane through uh, dense woods or anything either. But, right. um, you know, it, you, again, you got to be careful with, you know, what your surroundings. But uh, really, they can get into a lot of areas that airplanes can't get into. Mm-hmm. And they can leave those areas just as easily. Um, with an airplane, you need a long landing strip and you also need a long, you know, takeoff. So a long area for takeoff. Um that's a, a definite advantage, and that's why you see them, you know, that they're able to land on the highway and pick up, you know, somebody who's critically injured and needs to get to a hospital immediately. Um, helicopters are the, the vehicle of choice. And if you think about it, that one main advantage, it, that's the primary reason that people uh, have insisted upon maintaining, improving, revising helicopter design despite several disadvantages, you know, um, in the military, of course, where we see a lot of helicopter research. Mm-hmm. I think the original um, mass production of helicopters, right, was was a military mm-hmm. effort. Um, if you see the way helicopters are designed now, uh, of course, for a long time, they were just there to transport troops or to get reconnaissance. I guess first reconnaissance, and then later when they could lift more, they, they had troops or medical supplies or rescue. Mm-hmm. But the problem was, you know, these things were... Flying ducks, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're a bit dangerous because they're uh, they're they're 
relatively slow compared to a jet or yeah. an airplane. They're an easier target, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they're just so darn practical. Yeah. They really, they really are practical, and they can get in and out quickly um, and, and effectively. I mean, and and I guess the precision you're able to set down exactly where you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to take off quickly again. You know, you never yeah. never even have to shut it off. Just uh, just set down. Unload or load, whatever you have to do, and get out. And uh, but again, like you said, they they're not as quick as a jet or a, a plane, and uh, relatively easy target. So that's the downside. But um, they do have this incredible. There are some that are they have, they have this incredible lifting ability. Um, very valuable for that. I've got I've got a really cool piece of trivia for you. Scott. Oh, okay, good. There is a tradition of naming helicopters after Native American tribes i didn't know that the apache the blackhawk apparently hmm. I, I i picked this up somewhere mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that finally connected and made sense to me mm-hmm. now i don't know why that tradition has come about but it's still there and um it kind of spurred me to read about the apache and some of the modern military helicopters mm-hmm. those things are crazy uh, Enlighten me. I'm uh, I'm a little bit behind on the oh, helicopter oh, technology. Oh, okay. If you've got some, I mean, I didn't mean to no, catch no, you no, off no, guard no. there or anything like that. Perfect. But. Yeah. Uh, pardon, pardon my shuffle being here. A little <laughs> That's bit. all right. Um, okay, so let's just take the Blackhawk. Right. Uh, it started service in uh, the late '70s, and it's still one of the one of the main choice helicopters for military forces around the world. We have an article on it. How Blackhawk helicopters work. Uh, so it works like pretty much, you know, every helicopter has to have the same design, which, again, you know, if we got in into that design, we'd be here for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, basic design, you mean. They're all a little bit different, right, but they've got the same basic elements is what you're saying. Right. Okay. Yes. Got yes, it. exactly. So it has three crew members, right? So um, counting, not counting those three crew members, it can carry 11 soldiers, uh, and that's so a lot of times you'll see a black hawk in in film or something as a transport vehicle to to carry soldiers into a drop mm-hmm. zone or something mm-hmm. uh no kidding fourteen people yeah total. wow, which is a lot it's if pretty you think big of a ca- helicopter pretty big capacity that's like yeah. a small bus yeah we're used to seeing the small um traffic monitoring and weather monitoring copters yeah. two seat mm-hmm. so and that's because uh each wing can carry about nine thousand pounds of external loads. Whoa. Yeah, wow. and they have like a, they have a cargo hook that that can help them carry around boxes of stuff. Cool. And uh, they have sixteen missiles. Sixteen. Uh-huh. Holy cow! These and they can carry, carry a lot of weight. They can carry another sixteen in inside to reload. Wow! So the days of just flitting around trying not to get hit. Yeah. Are Done and over with, my friend. Okay, yeah. good. And so they've got uh, they've got some other problems that are addressed in the the problems of being an easy target. Uh, a lot of our, the U.S. military's money is spent trying to fix those, so the fuel system is made to seal itself off mm-hmm. if it gets hit. So very you know, smart. Yeah, and all those all those war movies where you see a helicopter shot and the tail rotor goes out and it spins around sure. and then they shoot it again and blows up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that doesn't happen with a Blackhawk. And then um, they can also, in case the missiles aren't enough, stick two machine guns on there and uh, have two gunners for those. 
and you can actually, it says here, you can replace uh, one of the monitoring systems with a chain gun. A chain gun? Yeah, this thing is pretty much capable of... You remember Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction? Yes. This helicopter, as well as the Apache, they're basically designed to be as hardcore as his character and just <laughs> rain down vengeance <laughs> nice, uh, upon people. Nice comparison. It was an awkward comparison, but I thank know, you for going with all right. me. I, I, I dig it. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So I, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to take a moment and talk yeah. about that because it, it's so mind-boggling when you think of the helicopter's original design, what it is sort of morphed into mm-hmm. as we've been able to figure out more of the technology behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty cool. I, I'm Like I said, I'm a little bit behind on the technology stuff on helicopters, um, but I, one thing that I, I did find cool, and I promised that I would talk about this early on, so yeah. we're going to, and, and not much more than this, really, but okay. um, auto-rotation. This is a safety feature that um, that I was telling you about, that it, a helicopter can put itself safely on the ground, well, with a lot of help from the pilot, but mm-hmm. it can relatively safely place itself on the ground if the engine stops in midair. Let's do, okay, let's really bring this home. Let's do a hypothetical. Sure. All right. 
I am with you in a helicopter. You're mm-hmm. piloting the helicopter. Mm-hmm. The engine dies. We're going down. Yep. How are we going to do it without dying? It, it go, you know what? The thing goes, it, it goes straight down. It really does. It goes down, but it doesn't go down as fast as you would think it would. It doesn't fall like a rock. The, uh, the, the blades are able to spin. They're able to, uh, they, they slow the vertical speed. Mm, um, so okay. they slow it, they slow it down to the point where it's going, I think they said it slows down to around 15 miles per hour, which 15 is 15 or 15. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. That's, that's the, roughly the same speed that a, uh, a parachutist hits the ground when they have the parachute open. Um, mm. so that's, you know, not bad, but not, not great to land. You know, you're hitting the ground at 15 miles per hour in a helicopter. That's not good either way. But, um, yeah. the idea is that it, it softens the landing. And it's it's possible because the rotor then is allowed to free spin, or it's allowed to freewheel, is what it's called, a freewheel uh, unit. Okay. Um, so the blades can spin faster. And what it does is it just it just slows it down, slows down the airspeed. And there's also, and I don't quite understand exactly how this works, but there's the, how this works. But there's a there's a a uh, a flare at the end that's possible that will. I don't know if it further increases the speed of the uh, of the rotor or what, but mm-hmm. it, it will even further soften the uh, the landing, just the the instant before it hits the ground. So, mm-hmm. um, the idea is that the the pilot has a lot to do quickly. I mean, they do have to counteract the 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 rotation that we're talking about. You know, the uh, the the uh, the torque steer, I guess, from the main rotor that happens again. So the the pilot has to jump right on what's going on. He has to know immediately what to do. Okay. So it's it's not like he just get, you know throws up his hands and says, "Well, we're going down." It's it's you know there's things that have to happen for this to work out correctly or for everybody to live. So in our scenario, the engine dies. I throw up my hands and say, "Well, we're gonna we're going down." <laughs> yes, yeah, I bail out on the left. <laughs> but um, no, it's it it's really kind of cool because I, I had no idea that it was able to do this. But the idea yeah. is that you're able to that you're able to hopefully find a spot that's safe to set this down, like in a field or maybe mm-hmm. even on a street, try to avoid any buildings or anything, you know, un- unlevel surfaces that, you know, maybe it would roll over when it hits. But um, it, much, I guess, more safe than I thought it was um, yeah. in a helicopter. I just, for some reason, I I thought it would drop like a rock right out of the sky. But, um, you know, where a, a, an airplane requires forward movement and a lot of speed mm-hmm. to glide even, and but that's possible. But um, a helicopter doesn't need that. It just it does fall, but it falls much slower, and that's due to this auto rotation. So I thought that was really interesting, and that's really about the last bit I have about helicopters today. But so you um, wouldn't you wouldn't build your own helicopter? I, you know, fun project, but I don't. Yeah. I, I just would be a little wary of flying in something that I built. I mean, maybe a boat I'd be all right in. I, I don't know, but uh, in a car because <laughs> you can sure. swim. Yeah, because I can swim, and you know, car you can get out and put your feet on the ground, but. Um, Building yeah. your own plane, your own helicopter—that's that's a different level. A little different. That's a different level, yeah. Okay. How about you, Ben? Would you build your own helicopter? You know what? I would definitely build my own helicopter. It's kind of strange because you know I'm obviously terrified of doing the uphill race that we had talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's right. At the, the Pikes Peak. <laughs> Um, yeah. Just for some reason, the idea of that cliff. <laughs> yeah, because oh, that's crazy to get that's the car crazy, and drive but, uphill. But, but building um, my own helicopter, yeah, yeah I would. Um, even after what we've talked about now, especially now that I know I might not die if it, if uh, I have less than perfect craftsmanship, I you know I want I probably would do it. I don't. I have a hard time thinking of anyone I could talk into going with me, mm-hmm. um, and that seems irresponsible. Well, most yeah. of these hobby helicopters are, uh, you know, single seater anyways. Oh, that's good. Plus, very quick commute to work. 
Oh, you're right. You could land right on the roof, and yeah. now you're and you're done. I worked at Chrysler when Bob Lutz worked there, and he would fly his helicopter in from. I think he lived in Ann Arbor, and he would land on the top of the headquarters and go back and forth that way. That's crazy. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm sold. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps it up for us today. Uh, to our listeners, you guys, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Have you ever piloted a helicopter, uh, rode in one? Do you have any particularly uh, strange stories about those? Or do you have an, an idea that you would like to have us do a podcast on? If so, uh, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new High Speed Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.